When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live on a busy Monday. Field Yates, Dan Orlovsky with Mina Kimes and Adam Schefter here as well. And the news that many of us have been waiting for is finally here. As Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson has officially been suspended six games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. The NFL released a statement today saying they're reviewing the decision and will make a determination on whether to appeal that decision handed down by Sue L. Robinson in the coming days. Before Adam Schefter reported the news this morning, the NFL Players Association had already released a statement last night saying they would not appeal a suspension of Deshaun Watson. It's worth noting this is the first personal conduct policy case determined by Sue L. Robinson, who is the NFL's new disciplinary officer. The NFL now has three days to file a written appeal. If an appeal is made, Roger Goodell or his designee will make the final decision on the length Sean Watson's suspension. Let's dive into this one. And, Shefty, what do you expect from the league over the next couple of days as it pertains to an appeal? You know, the league is in a tough spot because the league tried to remove itself from being in the business of deciding what is the proper discipline for players. In the 2020 collective bargaining agreement, both sides, the NFL and the NFLPA, jointly agreed that cases like this one would be heard by the federal judge, retired federal judge, Sue L. Robinson. And when she rendered that decision today, which the NFL was not happy about, the NFL now has three days to decide to appeal. If it appeals it, then Roger Goodell becomes the appeals officer or one of his designees becomes the appeals officer. Either way, the NFL is all about the appeal. And then the league is right back to where it was before they shifted the power to Sue L. Robinson for decisions like this, and it would undermine her first decision in that role. On the other hand, if the league doesn't appeal it, then it's sending a message that behavior like this, the league is okay with and is accepting of it, despite the fact that the judge said in her decision today that essentially the NFL won the case and proved mm. that Deshaun Watson was guilty of sexual assault and putting others in danger's way and damaging the reputation of the league in himself. So it's a difficult spot for the league to be in. It will have to make that decision here over the next three days. We'll follow it closely. And you mentioned some of the details from the 15-page report released by Robinson. But what more can you add about how she came to her decision on a six-game ban? Listen, she said, like we said, that in her mind, the NFL proved that Deshaun Watson was guilty of sexual assault, that he did pose that danger, that he put his reputation and the league's reputation at risk. But in the end, when she decided the punishment, she felt like the NFL had set precedent. Mm. There had been 21 other cases of players getting six-game suspensions from 2015 to 2020. Those involved violence. And in this particular case, the judge pointed out that this was nonviolent behavior from Deshaun Watson as critical as she was of his behavior. And so, therefore, when she equated this case to other cases, she felt like six games was the comparison to make, and that was the discipline that she handed down in the end based off 
the decisions and discipline that the NFL handed out to previous players in the past. Well, suffice it to say, everybody has been talking about this decision throughout the day. So, Mina, I'm going to turn to you. What was your reaction when you not only saw the six games, but also the 15-page mm-hmm. report? You know, when I first saw the six games, I was surprised. Uh, it seemed low given the volume. Obviously, they didn't consider all of the cases just for them and the severity of the allegations. But, Field, I wanted to read the report. And having read it, and I encourage everyone watching to go look at it, I find her ruling to be utterly incoherent mm. um, and confusing, frankly. Um, so first, she lays out the allegations, many of which we're familiar with. The NFL uh, accuses Watson of going into these sessions with a sexual intent, bringing a towel that couldn't cover him, ejaculating on the woman. These are details that have been widely reported in the settlements and outside news stories for a very long time now. What is more significant to me was her own findings. And as Adam laid out, she found essentially the NFL proved its case that Watson did engage in unwanted touching, that he knew it was unwanted, that the NFL met the burden of a civil suit to prove sexual assault took place. She calls his behavior predatory and even says he can only work with in-house massage therapists from now on. I find this incredibly difficult to square with her ultimate conclusion, which was based on Preston, but also her own interpretation that what took place was not violent. Field, the CDC defines sexual violence as sexual activity where consent is not freely given. I don't understand how she felt the behavior she lies out in painstaking detail did not meet that standard. And I suspect many people who know victims of sexual violence, who have been victims themselves and survivors, Mm. probably feel the same way today. Yeah, Mina, well said. Um, Ever since the report came out, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, it, like, trying to understand it doesn't make sense to me. And um, I'm trying to wrap my head around the logic because this is not my opinion. Mm. Uh, this is her words and her finding and reporting. Yeah. When she uses the phrase, his behavior was a, a phrase, excuse me, his behavior is egregious, egregious, then how does he get to play more games this year than he doesn't get to play? Mm. How does he get his $45 million this year when you deemed – that his behavior was egregious. I, like, it's, it's hard for me because I feel like we're losing, like, the human aspect of this, you know? Like, no doubt. I'm, you, you can't expect me to read her report on the findings and not sit there and go, like, holy smokes. Yeah. The, the phrase that took me back yeah, Right there on the screen, right? When she, when she wrote, he used status as an NFL player as a pretext yeah to engage in premeditated pattern of predatory behavior. How am I not supposed to read that and not wrestle with the difficulty that he only gets six games? That is not an opinion. That is not me saying he's guilty. or That is her findings off the evidence that was presented to her. And I think hearing that in the NFL's reports saying that they were pushing for a year – I find it, and I understand what Shefty is saying from the jump, I find it impossible for them not to appeal given reading what she determined from her findings or her reporting. 
Yeah, and of course, that's the next step in all of this, right? Soon yeah. enough, we will learn if the NFL decides to appeal. And as Adam laid out, Goodell or someone working for him um, will make that decision based on what she laid out, the fact that she basically agreed with them. I think back to when I first joined ESPN in 2014 and started covering the NFL. Um, you guys all remember that was when Ray Rice was only suspended for two games initially, mm. and it turned uh, for committing, pardon me, domestic violence, and it turned into a massive story, a news story that transcended football. It changed the league's policy. I think probably it is one of the most significant mistakes mm. of Roger Goodell's career. Since then, there have been other cases, but this strikes me as another important milestone in his career. How he acts here, what he decides to do, the message he decides to send, not only to the NFL's female fans, but those who care about sexual violence, is going to go a long way towards determining his legacy as commissioner yeah. of this football league. Mm. Well, Mina, what's interesting here, of course, is that the judge based her decision on the suspension on all the decisions that the NFL has made in the past. And your points are very well taken about the differences here. But the judge, right or wrong, compared this particular violation, and he did violate yeah. the personal conduct policy, to the other forms of discipline that the NFL, when it was the lawmaker and the judge maker, handed down to these other players. You talk about the mistake with Ray Rice. Well, then there were other mistakes where the NFL didn't punish some of the players as hard and severely as they should have back in the day. And that was reflected in this decision because she based the length of the suspension of many of the decisions that the NFL made in the past. Yeah, yeah I, It's really hard for me to sit here, and I'm not trying to be righteous. I'm not trying to be better than anybody else. It's hard for me to sit here as like a human being who's, who has a wife, who has sisters, who has a daughter, and to read those reports and sit here and think, that the NFL, and we all say it, does everything it can to protect the shield and protect the brand of the of NFL. Yep. You can't do that. <clears throat> and then read that a federal judge has said that a player used their platform as a NFL star to his advantage and took advantage of women. You can't. We can't sit here and say that the NFL will do everything to protect the shield and the brand and then read that a judge said he, that player that represents that shield and, and brand, did that and not sit here and go, precedent be damned. Like, we have to stand up and protect the shield and because we don't want a player that is representing that being categorized in that way. Suspended for six games. We can't, it, it, as, a, yeah. as a person, as a human being, you can't just sit there and be like, yeah, we're good with it. So many great thoughts from all three of you. It's just surprising to me to hear that we all know the reason why Sue L. Robinson is now in her current role is because the NFL's previous system was failing the league. And then Sue L. Robinson uses former punishments handed down under the old system as precedent, as comparables when we are admitting openly that the previous system didn't work. So six games wasn't heavy-handed enough yeah. in the past, and now we're using that as the baseline for Deshaun Watson, meanwhile also referencing his behavior as the most egregious that they had ever reviewed as far as NFL personal conduct policy matters are concerned. Plenty more on the situation on the show, which includes 
live from Cleveland, where, of course, the Browns are on the field during training camp. And Deshaun Watson was out there on the field, as he has been since joining Cleveland, continuing to practice. And we head now to Berea, Ohio, home of Browns training camp, where we find Michelle Steele. And, Michelle, you sat there, you watched Browns practice. What's the reaction and the vibe been around that team today since this news broke at around 8.30 Eastern this morning? Yeah, Field, I can tell you that Deshaun Watson is the most controversial figure in the National Football League, but that controversy, boy, did it feel far away today on the practice field. He took the field to cheers from fans here, a capacity crowd, I'm told, in attendance at Brown's practice. It was an unpadded practice. You heard things from the crowd like, that's the guy who's going to save us, and let's go, Deshaun, and we got your back. He stayed after practice to sign autographs. Security actually had to hold the people back. I mean, unbridled enthusiasm is one way that you might even describe it. Bottom line here, there has been no change to fan reaction post uh, Judge Sue L. Robinson's announcement and her discipline. Other takeaway, real quickly here on the football front, Watson still taking the majority of first team first team reps at an unpadded practice versus Jacoby Brissett, who Kevin Stefanski has already said will be taking the reins if and when he is suspended for those six games. Obviously, Stefanski said last week that he had a plan in place for who takes the majority of those reps. But following this discipline, you know, we thought maybe Brissett would take more. That remains to be seen. And finally here, we are expecting any moment now a statement from the owners of this team, Jimmy and D. Haslam. It will be emailed, and that leaves head coach Kevin Stefanski field as essentially the only person in team leadership that has been confirmed thus far to speak to the media and really face some questions about the troubling and certainly highly critical uh, decision, uh, or rather statement, from Judge Robinson about Deshaun Watson's behavior. Uh, Michelle, thanks so much. Thank you, Michelle. And actually, as you said it, these Haslam's have officially released their statement, which we have here now on NFL Live. I'll read it from my phone. Throughout this process, Deshaun and his representatives have abided by the newly created and agreed upon process for the NFLPA and the NFL to to defer to the objective Judge Sue L. Robinson to comprehensively review all information and make a fair decision. We respect Judge Robinson's decision and at the same time empathize and understand that there have been many individuals triggered throughout this process. We know Deshaun is remorseful that this situation has caused much heartache to many and he will continue the work needed to show who he is on and off the field and we will continue to support him. That, of course, comes from the owners of the Cleveland Browns, D and Jimmy Haslam. Plenty ahead here on NFL Live, and we'll go back on the field as Debo Samuel has signed an extension to stay with the 49ers. With the offense intact, just how good could this team be? Dan sees them as one of the NFC's best. And, of course, we'll cover the Deshaun Watson story all day on NFL Live. We're expecting to hear from Kevin Stefanski in just a little bit. Live in Cleveland, we'll give you the latest from Browns training camp. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. 
It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Debo Samuel would like to be traded out of San Francisco. His value is exponential. He sets the tone. He's the guy who coming out of the tunnel. He's the one who you see with the big boom box dancing and getting everybody hyped up and ready to go. Debo Samuel breaking away. Touchdown! I ain't playing no games. I'm really hopeful that in the near future we'll be able to, uh, you know, announce something that's exciting for everyone. Big news. Debo Samuel gets a three-year extension with the Niners worth $73.5 million. From a trade to West to life-altering money, it's been a roller coaster offseason for Debo Samuel and the 49ers, but San Francisco locked up their top offensive playmaker. It's a three-year deal worth $71.55 million up to $73.5 million. That, according to Shefty, been all over the details on this one. So Debo cashes in on a historic 2021 season in which his versatility was on full display. He became the third player in NFL history to record at least 1,000 receiving yards, five receiving touchdowns, and five rushing touchdowns all in the same year. He's the only wide receiver to do that, though, as he joined the great Roger Craig and Marshall Falk. Uh, Shefty, I remember where I was when Jeff Darlington got an on-the-record trade request from Debo Samuel, and here we are. He's sticking around for at least four more seasons in San Francisco. How did this come together? Listen, not a hard deal to do. The 49ers didn't want to trade Debo Samuel and weren't going to trade Debo Samuel. So once he basically shows up for the mandatory minicamp and shows up for training camp, staging is holding. You know it's only a matter of time before they get the deal done. And lo and behold, DK Metcalf gets his deal done last week. Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf have the same agent. Not hard to figure out where this is all going. Debo's there, doesn't have any options. We have comparables of other wide receivers across the league. His agent represents DK Metcalf. Field, we could have predicted. I think when we did the show Saturday, we said this deal is going to get done. It's just a question of when and where the numbers come in. Well, we saw it get done last night, and you saw where the numbers came in. And I should also add that there's an additional $1.9 million worth of incentives in there for Debo to produce at the running back position. Mm. So clearly he was not opposed to playing the running back position. And in fact, he could earn an additional mm-hmm. nearly $2 million by playing that spot. Uh, they call him the wide back, if I'm not mistaken, from the end of last season. Uh, Mina, I know this yeah. seems like sort of a dumb question, but... 
how talented or what stands out to you as far as the player Debo is because he is almost one of a kind. Yeah, um, that incentive that Adam just described uh, tied to rushing really stands out because mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys remember uh, when the trade or the agitation for the trade news first broke from our colleague Jeff Darlington, there was some speculation, well, Debo doesn't want to be used this way. Uh, and the fact that he has some willingness to continue to serve this role, I think it's tremendously important for this 49ers offense. As a wide receiver only, Debo Samuel is special. As a wide back slash wide receiver slash multi-purpose weapon, he is a unicorn. There's a stat that blew my mind when I saw it while reading the Football Outsiders Almanac, which says this. Debo scored a touchdown on 14% of his carries, which is the most of any non-quarterback <laughs> wow. in the league. Now you throw in Trey Lance, who is a quarterback, who's going to run and score touchdowns. And this is going to be option football at its scariest. I cannot wait to see what Kyle Shanahan cooks up with these two players. Yeah, not only that, but also if I asked Mina, literally, what does San Francisco's pass game need to do more? What would your answer be? Throw outside and deep. Yeah, throw the ball outside and deep. And I think that now that Trey Lance has become their starting quarterback and they've re-signed Debo Samuel, it's going to give them the ability to do that. We know Kyle likes those restrictive formations and it forces everybody on the defense to get inside as well. Those corners play outside. And the run game fake that forces secondary players to get up and respect it. They move the pocket. That's what they're going to do with Trey Lance. They did it last year. And you're really creating these two one-on-ones, even though it's zone coverage. A deep cross from the bottom of the screen. And now you give Debo Samuel, hey, win on your route. Go down, fake the corner, and come all the way across. Mm. Now Trey Lance goes and sets that ball up at the 50-yard line, throws back across the field. Those four defenders are left up top. This ball is going 45 yards in the air from one numbers all the way to the other. And that's something that Jimmy G just couldn't do. Now, he could do it a little bit with Debo in more of a constricted space. But now that Trey Lance has taken over, you're yeah. going to see more of that from this offense added into that option run game. And I would tell you this, like, there's nothing better for a young quarterback than to have a guy that when he's struggling, which Trey Lance is going to do, when he has doubts of what his eyes are seeing or people are moving all over the place, I don't know what I'm looking at. Dude, where's number 19? Just the, mm-hmm. the comfort level. I remember being a young quarterback with Calvin Johnson and being like, I have no idea what I'm looking at right yeah. now, and I stink right now. Where's 81? And just find, find a way to get him the ball. <laughs> and, and for Trey Lance, sure. having Debo Samuel in those moments is going to expedite his growth process times 10. Yeah, and, and that growth process is going to be rocky at times. Trey Lance has sure. played very, very little football. What we saw last year was a small sample size, but what we saw was also a very tantalizing glimpse into why the Niners drafted him, and I think a large part of that is what Dan says, which is that willingness and ability to throw deep. Yep. You know, he averaged more air yards in that game than Jimmy Garoppolo has in three years, I believe. Mm. Small sample size, again, but the ability and willingness mm-hmm. are there. And I'll say this, it goes beyond Debo Samuel to me. Yes, he'll be the safety valve. Yes, he's be the multi-purpose weapon. Brandon Ayuk, who at times has disappeared in this offense, I think has the potential to have a big year with Trey Lance because of his willingness to throw outside the numbers. Yeah. He has that ability to separate on downfield routes, and I expect Trey Lance to make use of that ability mm. given his own uh, abilities as a deep ball thrower. Yeah. And so that 49ers quarterback question is still out there, but for now... We've gotten resolution on a lot of these wide receiver deals, right? We saw Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, 
get deals. A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel, the agent, Tory Dandy, wrapping up those deals. The only wide receiver left now who's staging a hold-in is Deontay Johnson in Pittsburgh. He's the last of the wide receivers who hasn't gotten the type of deal that he wants. We'll see whether mm. Pittsburgh can get a deal done with him, but he's the last guy left right now. Talented guy, that much is for sure. And how do the Steelers always find these incredible wide receivers in the third round? And from a current Steelers wide receiver to a former Steelers NFL wide receiver, we have some new on NFL Live information from Sheffield. What can you tell us about Cowboys wideout James Washington? Brookfield, he was carted off today, suffered an injury, and that's not good news for the Dallas Cowboys team that already is probably going to be without Michael Gallup early in the season. They were counting on a guy like James Washington to step in with Amari Cooper gone. He suffered what they are concerned right now is a Jones fracture Mm. that could sideline him a couple of months, obviously undergoing testing that will confirm whether or not that is the case, but we'll see. But clearly, when your veteran wide receivers carted off and the team thinks that it might be a Jones fracture, that's not an encouraging sign on August 1st. All right, so no Mark Cooper. He now plays for the Cleveland Browns. Michael Gallup's not going to play in week one. James Washington all of a sudden could be facing a major injury. Things are getting thin at the wide receiver spot for the Cowboys in a hurry. Hey, coming up, we're going to hear, as you see right there, from Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski any minute now. We'll carry it live here on NFL Live with more on the fallout from the six-game suspension for Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. Back here on NFL Live, news broke this morning that Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson has been suspended the first six games of the 2022 NFL regular season. A decision made by Sue L. Robinson after a lengthy review of the process. Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski currently addressing the media. Express remorse. So uh, I guess where has Deshaun expressed remorse? Again, I didn't read the, I haven't been on the practice field. Um, so I haven't read the entire report, but I believe Deshaun has told you guys in a press conference. He's told uh, me privately. Uh, he wants to be the best version of himself. I believe that wholeheartedly. He's working on that. Um, and I- I'll let Deshaun at some point uh, speak for himself. Kevin, how will this, uh, now that you do have some clarity, although it could change, how will this affect practice time for the rest of camp and the preseason? Yeah, Jeff, we have our plan. Uh, and we'll stick to that again until until more information becomes available. Kevin, when you say you believe that Deshaun's working to become the best version of himself, I guess why do you believe that? Uh, I'd prob- I'll let Deshaun address that, Ashley. I think that's fair to let, let him speak for himself. Uh, but but I, I think just in, in my time with him and being around him, I, I've seen a person that uh, both, both publicly and privately has said that he wants to be the best version of himself. Kevin, I don't know Sue Robinson detailed that the massage therapy sessions have to be handled within the club. The therapist he will be working with, is it male or female, and how are they feeling given the allegations? Yeah, respectfully, as it relates to, to that, I, I don't have much to comment. Uh, I haven't been able to read all of that, um, but I'll make sure that, that, or we will make sure that everything that is uh, agreed upon is followed. Kevin, I don't know if relief is the right word or not, but is there some comfort in that you kind of know what you're dealing with now, that you have it, there is a number in mind while it could change? Yeah, I think, Tom, all along, uh, like we've talked about, uh, I've tried to just be where my feet are and and operate with the information that we have available to us. So, you know, this process uh, is not my process. Uh, So it's it's agreed upon by the PA and the NFL. 
and all I can do is respect it. Kevin, how much of it all do you see the external focus on Deshaun in this situation affecting the rest of the players on the field? Yeah, I think, Tom, that's uh, our job as players and coaches uh, to focus on what we can control and, and do the things that, that, that are within our power and, and ultimately to do our job. And I think the guys are doing a, a, a nice job of that. We understand uh, the questions. We understand uh, the questions that you guys have, but it, it can't stop us from doing our job right now. Did you notice any change in Deshaun's demeanor today? Did, did he seem uh, any different than any other day out here? He didn't to me, Mary Kay. Uh, obviously, I know with this decision that there's a, a lot of questions that everybody has. And I think in, in due time, Deshaun certainly will will address those questions, but I think where we are in the process, uh, that will happen. But no, and to your question, no, I didn't notice any difference. Kevin, what's your confidence level in Deshaun being able to make good decisions on and off the field going forward? Yeah, I, I'm confident that Deshaun will make good decisions on and off the field. Obviously, the on-field decisions, he works very hard at that. Um, with the playbook and meetings and being on the practice field. And then off the field, Deshaun's no different than the other 90 guys right now and the 53 guys eventually that we expect them to be great uh, citizens in the community. Did Deshaun address the team after this ruling came down? Um, Marla, I'm not going to get into specifics about you know those type of things. Kevin, what do you make of the, uh, the response that Deshaun has received from the fans in these last two practices, including today when they, they know that it could be six games and I'll be honest, I didn't really notice Mary Kay. I believe you if you say so. Uh, our fans have been outstanding uh, supporters throughout this whole camp. Uh, I'm not surprised at the numbers that are out here. I'm not surprised by how enthusiastic they are. Um, as you know, we didn't have any fans in 2020. Had about half the size of the fans uh, in 21. So it's nice to see a full group out here. Nice to see a lot of kids out here as well. Kevin, I know it's early, but how does the decision affect preseason games since Watson can't participate and hasn't played in a year? I think we'll see. When we, we, uh, we have a plan, uh, certainly for practice, as we get closer to the preseason games, we'll, we'll make some decisions as it relates to that. Uh, but my understanding is that he can play in the preseason games. Not long ago, the Browns released a statement through Jimmy and D. Haslam, who owned the team, saying, quote, throughout this process, Deshaun and his representatives have abided by the newly created and agreed upon process for the NFLPA and the NFL to defer to the objective Judge Sue L. Robinson to comprehensively review all the information and make a fair decision. We respect Judge Robinson's decision and at the same time empathize and understand there have been many individuals triggered throughout this process. We know Deshaun is remorseful if this situation has caused much heartache to many and he will continue the work needed to show who he is on and off the field. We will continue to support him, in quote. Mean, I'm just going to hand it over to you. What are your thoughts, both from what you heard from Kevin Stefanski and perhaps more specifically that statement from Jimmy and D. Haslam, which... That was on off the cuff. That was a planned statement, not in front of yes. live reporters. What do you make of that? Yeah, I'll start there because, you know, Stefanski kind of just deferred to Watson on most of the difficult questions. Um, but as far as the Haslams go, a few things struck me. One, the use of the word triggered is incredibly insulting. I'm sorry, that's just demeaning, um, especially given the context, how it's often used when it comes to a story like this. Uh, to just say, you know, we're sorry, you're sorry, is, I think— Really, really the wrong choice there. 
Um, they say they respect the process and her decision. So I think my follow-up question to the Haslam's would be, if you respect her decision, and we talked about her decision when she came down with the finding that she agreed with the NFL that Watson did engage in unwanted sexual touching and sexual assault by the definition of a civil case. How do you feel about that? Mm. Do you believe them? Do you agree with it? Uh, how does it make you view your quarterback? And then finally, the statement says that he uh, is remorseful. So Robinson's own report said his lack of remorse, which we have seen play out in the press, was an aggregating, aggravating, pardon me, uh, factor in her decision. Again, in which way has he been remorseful and to whom and for what would be my final question. I guess just to sum it up, there's more questions than answers coming from this. Listen. There have been questions since the day that the Cleveland Browns and the Haslams traded for Deshaun Watson and then rewarded him with an unprecedented contract that drew the ire of almost the entire NFL. They guaranteed Deshaun Watson, who was being investigated for some of these incidents, $230 million, a fully guaranteed contract. We see contracts coming in in football all the time for great quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr, and none of them have anywhere close to the guarantees that Deshaun Watson does from the Haslam's in Cleveland. So they could say whatever they want. The truth of the matter is actions speak louder than words, and their actions in this particular case speak volumes. They went and traded for Deshaun Watson, the football player, because they are a football team, And their job, they believe, is to win football games. And this is something that right now they are dealing with as best they can, but they know their prerogative is to win. Uh, I know. Um, Yeah. I said this morning on Get Up that I thought that it was important for Deshaun Watson to um, show remorse and... um, try to, to start the rebuild of his name. And a lot of people were like, well, he hasn't even been remorseful yet. So it's hard for me, it's hard for me to understand how the Haslam family who owned the Cleveland Browns decided to give him the contract when um, he had not publicly been remorseful for obviously 24 women believing that they, he did something wrong to them. And then to double down, and no one was triggered by this situation. Lives were impacted, certainly. Um, I think 24 women's lives were certainly impacted. And I think it's a really tough situation for the head coach to be in because he's now got to answer incredibly difficult questions. And Deshaun is going to have to. I, I, I know we like in sports to sweep everything under the rug. I'm not trying to be self-righteous here. He has to because of his situation or his stature as a starting quarterback. There's 32 people in the world that get that role. He has to stand up there publicly and at least acknowledge that something happened that in the eyes of those women was incorrect. Mm. And he got $230 million within 658 days of that happening and doesn't have to miss more games than he gets to play. He's got to acknowledge that. Mm. If I was in that locker room, I don't care if people think I'm being self-righteous. If I was in that locker room, I need to know that, dude, you don't feel okay with what happened. And I need to know that you're committed to every single day 
trying, you may not be able to to everybody's eyes, trying to make what was wrong in people's eyes somewhat right. Because right now, just as a human being, this does not feel right. And hearing or reading the release, it makes it feel worse when you tell me you know people were triggered. Dude, their lives were impacted forever. Dan, Deshaun Watson said in a text message that was released that he was aware a woman felt terrible. How do you not at least at bare minimum express some degree of remorse? That's not necessarily an admission of guilt per se, but clearly, clearly, like you said, lives were impacted. And I I, I love that choice of words. And I think the Browns would have been so much better suited to use that instead of triggered because – at the beginning of the show, we laid out um, the NFL's allegations and, and all the things that he was accused of. Another thing that Judge Robinson put in the report was that the four women who, whose cases were considered, one of them was depressed, sleepless, seeking therapy. Another woman told her that she was going to quit the profession. That is impact. That is not triggering. Right. I, I just... I find that word choice incredibly, incredibly demeaning to the situation and yet another mistake in a long line of mistakes by this organization as it pertains to this issue. Yeah, remember, that word remorse is hard to uh, distance ourselves from right now. I'll leave you with this. The last time that we heard from Deshaun Watson publicly was on June 25th. During that time, he said, quote, like I said, I never assaulted anyone. I never harassed anyone. I never disrespected anyone. I never forced anyone to do anything. Interesting words to reconcile as we are here on August 1st today. Coming up on NFL Live, more from the fallout of the Deshaun Watson suspension for six games decided upon this morning by Sue L. Robinson. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Fantasy football is the number one game. And with the season right around the corner, get your league started now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. And Saturday, we'll have the Pro Football Hall of Fame and Triman Ceremony for you on ESPN. The class of 2022 includes Tony Baselli, Cliff Branch, Leroy Butler, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Dick Vermeil, Bryant Young, and official Art McNally, the father. Instant replay. Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on ESPN and the ESPN app. Always a great, great day. Let's dive into some of the top stories around the NFL, many of which are contact-related, Shefty. We begin in San Francisco. Debo Samuel officially signed that three-year extension today, Field, a deal that he did not want to sign earlier in the offseason. 
now gets done, you see the total value of the deal could be worth up to $73.5 million. And there is a component in there that has close to $2 million in incentives for him to play running back as well. So you know he's not opposed to that particular idea. Meanwhile, the Chiefs franchise offensive tackle, Orlando Brown, reported to training camp today for the Kansas City Chiefs, decided he had been away too long, will sign that franchise tender and play on it, can't get a long-term deal done this offseason, and that leaves Jesse Bates the third. The Bengals' safety is the only franchise player not to report. And meanwhile, Joe Burrow was back at camp today, back at practice despite the fact that he had the appendectomy. He was not practicing. We're thinking it'll be a little while yet before we see him actually back practicing, but he's back with his teammates. That's an encouraging sign and shows you that he is on the road to recovery right now. Field. See Joe Burrow getting closer and closer to the football field. And after the break, we have more coming up from NFL Live on NFL Live. We hear from Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski reacting to the six-game suspension for quarterback Deshaun Watson. Back on NFL Live, and once again, Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson has, suspended for the, has been suspended for the first six games of the 2022 NFL regular season. The NFL still has the opportunity to appeal the decision made by Judge Sue L. Robinson earlier today. Here's Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski just moments ago. As you know, all along, uh, I've said and tried to be consistent that I'm going to respect this process. And as you saw today, uh, this process will continue uh, with today's ruling. Uh, this is a jointly agreed upon process from the NFLPA and the NFL. This was collectively bargained. And uh, so I'm going to respect Judge Robinson uh, and, and her opinion uh, right now until more information becomes available to me. So. I understand that uh, there's many, many questions. I'll try to answer as many as I can, uh, but I, I also want you to know that uh, it remains a, a process uh, that, that we're uh, certainly respectful of. So with that, I'll take any questions. Kevin. So, so Mina, we have seen the 15-page report from Sue L. Robinson this morning. We know the bottom line is six-game suspension. We've heard from Brown's ownership. We've heard from Kevin Stefanski. Mm -hmm. How would you react to the events of today and everything that we have digested since, I don't know, eight or nine hours ago? Well, I guess first I have the same question for Kevin Stefanski or similar to one that I had, a similar one, pardon me, that I had for the Haslams, which is if you respect the process mm -hmm. and the findings, which were, to remind people, uh, Sue Robinson, the judge, agreed that the NFL had presented sufficient uh, evidence that Deshaun Watson had engaged, engaged in unwanted touching, sexual assault by a certain definition had taken place. How do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. Are you comfortable with him being the face of the franchise? Do you believe the report? Uh, but then it moves forward to what he said, which is the next stage of this process, which is uh, the NFL's decision whether or not to appeal, and then ultimately Roger Goodell or someone working for him making a decision as to whether or not the suspension should be greater. Field, there's a couple ways of looking at this. There's the legalistic interpretation, which is, I think, what Judge Robinson did in deciding six games, leaning on precedent, as you said, a system that many people were not happy with as it pertains to personal conduct, in particular sexual assault, domestic violence. And then there's the human reaction. Mm. You know, Calvin Ridley was trending on Twitter today, and I understand that it is not one for one, that he was caught doing, uh, you know, gambling. 
But it's so hard to square his one-year suspension with this. It's so hard to square this with players being suspended far more for smoking pot or engaging in you know, financial crimes. I don't even remember the Michael Kendricks case. It's just hard to take in, I think, for the public. And I have to think, when Roger Goodell considers this, and it is ultimately up to him to set precedent, he's probably going to take all of that into account because— Frankly, he has to. Mina, the NFL rules are set up, like it or not, where basically they come down harder on players who are caught gambling or taking steroids than they do players who are involved in sexual assault. That's the way the league has designed its system. It's out of whack. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. But that's what the rules have been. They've been antiquated and out of date. And the league obviously got caught in situations where it made rulings that it regretted, that they came under fire for, and that's why the league got out of that business and turned over matters like this to the judge. And that's why the league is in such a bad position right now, because either it has to go back to ruling on these particular situations with Roger Goodell as the appeals officer or his designee, or it has to defer to Sue Robinson and say, we find this behavior that we thought was worthy of an indefinite, lengthy suspension, acceptable despite the fact that the judge ruled in our favor. So either way, the league faces a very difficult trying decision that I'm sure that they're debating over on Park Avenue the best way to attack it right now. Great opportunity for the league then. And it's a great opportunity for Roger Goodell. And I would encourage them to use this situation or moment as an opportunity to rectify the things that Shefty points out. I think two things I'm looking forward to are, does the NFL do that? And then the second thing is when Coach Kevin Stefanski says Deshaun Watson can have to speak for himself. I want to hear Deshaun talk. Um, I think a real man does not use his position of power to intimidate anybody else. And I think it's the opportunity for him to reject that. I think it's the opportunity for him to accept some form of responsibility for this. And I think it's an opportunity for him to lead in this horrific moment Mm. that he was in some way associated with, whether you believe it or not. And if you're a real man, that's what you do. It has been an interesting day here on NFL Live as again, one more time, Deshaun Watson has been suspended for the first six games of the 2022 NFL regular season. The league now has three days to decide whether or not to appeal. A storyline will closely monitor NFL Live returns tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time, SPN.